1: Hey guys, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. I'm your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of the show where we get to sit down, meet some new friends, and go inside the minds of some of the most innovative and cool forces shaping our world today. Now, every time I record an episode, I usually post like an Insta story or a little behind the scenes just to get you guys excited. But this episode garnered the craziest response I have ever seen. My DMs were full You guys were so excited, and I'm so excited too because we have the one and only Serena fucking Kerrigan. Yes, that's her middle name, and she'll explain why shortly on today's show. She is a confidence coach, an entrepreneur, and the creator and host of the wildly popular Instagram live dating show, Let's Fucking Date. On each episode, Serena would go on a set-up blind first date with thousands of her fans and friends watching in real time. The show obviously became an instant sensation and amassed over 5 million views, and later captured six-figure sponsorship deals from major advertisers, including Bumble. Today, she is hailed as the queen of dating. She's someone that I truly admire, not only on social media, but also as a businesswoman. And she is taking the relationship world by storm through her Let's Fucking Date card game. And guys, there is so much more to come. In this episode, Serena shares her affirmations for gaining confidence and gives us a few tips and tricks that we can implement into our daily routine to up our confidence a little bit. We also talk about how she built a dating empire in under a year, some of her best dating advice, and so much more. I hope you guys love the episode and love getting to know Serena as a friend. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet and you find yourself coming back every week, take the time to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you love the show, leave us a review. It really helps us grow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I'm always so appreciative when you guys take the time and I hope you guys have an amazing week. Here's my friend, Serena fucking Kerrigan. Okay, guys, today is honestly, it's an iconic episode because not only do I have the queen of confidence and like, we're not just talking like confident person here. We're talking about a person who like breathes confidence and like also makes you feel the confidence back, which is not an easy feat, but we also have like the queen of dating who recently told the New York Post that this summer is all about fucking. So like, let's be real. Everybody needs to sit down, buckle in, because I really think that she's going to have a word or two for all of us. (laughs)
0: Obviously, I am. That's why you brought me on here. We're going to be talking a lot of words and there's going to be some cursing. Just I'll try to keep it to a minimum, though. I mean, what's your middle name again? It's it's fucking F K I N G. Yeah, it's it can be problematic at times, but it pulls you in, doesn't it? It's polarizing rising is good.
1: I'm so excited to have you here. I'm like bummed that I'm not hugging you in person right now. I know,
0: but thank goodness for Zoom. For, for we're basically on a date, a virtual date right now, me and you.
1: We are. And that's nothing you're a stranger to.
0: Absolutely not. The chemistry is just it's jumping off the it's
1: screen. It's jumping off the screen. So Serena was in LA, I'd say like 3 weeks ago, and we had such a boss bitch lunch. It was so much fun and we were hoping to do this in person, but that didn't get to happen today. Which I'm bummed about, but so excited to be seeing your glowing face in Manhattan.
0: It's the ring light, so thank you so much for same.
1: <laughs> My ring lights making me a little Snow White vibes right now.
0: Oh no, we don't speak badly about ourselves, Liv. You know that your your beauty
1: is great. The queen of confidence, yet again. Just always just gonna just remind you that
0: you are a you. boss bitch, looking beautiful under that glow. Uh, I had so much fun with you in L. A. You know, I I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I think back when I used to work at Refinery29, back in the day we met and um, I've always been kind of like itching to get on this podcast. So when you asked me, I was like, okay, here we go.
1: Like She's like, I'm wearing a suit. Let's fucking go.
0: I'm bossing up right now. I'm a little sweaty. I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. I want to bring it. I think that you are, are very smart and I love I listen to your podcast every time I get my eyelashes done.
1: I'm so appreciative of you as a fan because I too am a fan of yours. I think that while we're just gassing each other up here, I was so blown away. There were, look, let's just like, bottom line, make the obvious statement here. Not a lot of people that were doing the IGTV situation right in COVID, but Serena Kerrigan came right.
0: Hell yeah. Life's short. Life's short. I mean, that's really what it was. Like, I was like, I'm not going to, it's the pandemic. I'm not going to sit around and wait for an opportunity to be presented at me. You can't do that. Because at least for me, that that wasn't going to happen.
1: Well, I think also that's something that like I bring up all the time on the show that I think a lot of people, especially in this like digital age of constantly being connected, where like, we're always in each other's DMs that like, especially as a freelancer, we're like, oh, things are just going to happen and they're going to come to me. And like, you know, one thing after another, like, no, like you have to be prepared. You have to constantly be pitching and advocating for yourself. And the only person that's going to make it happen for you is you. Without a doubt. That
0: was literally why I left my job at refinery 29. I was there for three and a half years. I was a producer. I wanted to be talent. And I just felt really undervalued there. I learned so much. I could never have started my own company had I not worked at a publication like that at a company with other women. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fantastic for so many reasons. But it on the flip side, I did feel like I was stunted in that I knew, like I was had this like psychic you know, reading of myself that I was just like, I know what I'm destined for. I know that I'm so ambitious and I definitely have the potential to reach all of my dreams, whether it be, you know, getting my name on the menu at American bar for a salad.
1: (laughs) Okay. Wait, let's quickly really, really, really quickly before we really get into the nitty gritty of things. I saw that on your Instagram this week and I was like, that's it. Like, like, she's, she's like, I don't care that, you're, like, you're on Siesta Key and, like, all these other things. Like, you have your name on the menu at American Bar. Like, cool. That's it. Like, we can talk, we can talk about okay, all your you other accolades what? later.
0: Forget it. But you know what? I put in the work. I went there. I mean, I go there literally, last weekend I was there Friday and Saturday. I go there literally all the time and make every one of my friends try this salad. And I think I just, like, they were, like, okay, like, we got to get rid of you. Like, just, like, yes, we'll put your name on the menu and, like, just go away. So,
1: is it am I right in my research and saying this that like you were a regular there on Wednesday nights?
0: I was a regular there every every night.
1: Okay, because on I noticed on your Siesta Key. Is that you, am I saying it right? Yes, Siesta Key. Yeah, we love it. I have a confession to make before I finish my sentence. I've never watched like anything. Maybe I've watched like Kardashians because it's like on in the background, like in my house or something. Or like if I'm at a friend's house, I've never watched Bachelor. I've never watched Real Housewives. Like I've never watched any of it. So I was like siesta key, making sure I'm advocating correctly.
0: I mean, listen, thank you so much. I, I think it's interesting, you know, with that experience with, because I, you know, I started my own reality show. My mother's the head of development at a major um, at MTV. I don't know why I'm trying to like, like she's at head of development at MTV. And I grew up, watching a lot of reality TV. My dad, on the other hand, is actually a filmmaker, independent filmmaker, went to scripted television, is a writer-director, so it was actually really interesting having my two parents, they're divorced, so I'd be watching films with my dad, he didn't have cable, but with my mom, we'd be literally dissecting reality television. And as someone who also created their own series, and I did a lot of producing, none of the casting, though. All the days were blind, always. But, and also then going on says to key, like, I think that reality TV gets a really bad rap. Like, it's weird. People are always like guilty pleasure, reality TV, like, oh, reality TV is trash. It's unbelievable because it's like, it's people's lives. Right. But they have to fit into a story. So as a producer, you're constantly like kind of on your toes, not knowing who's gonna be fighting with who, are they gonna speak to that person, who's like actually hooking up with who? It's it's very, I think it's actually incredible production-wise, yeah, how quickly, you know, the showrunner and the producers have to have to think and they have to like deal with the fact that these are people's real lives, real emotions, but are also, you know, narrative to a certain point, right? Totally like they're crazy. So I came out as a boss bitch, confidence coach, like career woman, because I think that some of the women on the show or how it was conveyed to me was that they were very focused, maybe more on their relationships. And maybe that's something that's just, I don't know, more of an importance where they live, like, you know, this pressure to, you know, get married and blah, blah, blah. Who knows? So they brought me on. And a lot of the women did have, you know, careers in play, like swimsuit lines, et cetera. There was a little drama that I kind of helped, but it's interesting. I I felt like I was kind of like the resident therapist, which I was down for, even though I do not have a degree. I'm not a doctor, but I am a confidence
1: coach. So. I mean, I think you were fully equipped, well-equipped to handle that situation. We'll be right back after a quick break. A few episodes ago, I told you guys about a new life hack that has truly changed my daily routine, and I cannot wait for you guys to get involved in it as well. Every morning when I wake up, and I'm sure you guys do the same thing, I make my coffee, I get distracted, I do all these things, I sit down at my desk, and my coffee cup is cold. It's a nightmare, but that's not me anymore because I'm using my Ember cup. Ember is a temperature-controlled smart mug that keeps your coffee or tea hot until the very last sip. You set your preferred drinking temperature with the Ember app, and your Ember mug will keep it there, ensuring a perfect, delicious sip every time. With a sleek design and a really sleek app to match, Ember has a long-lasting built-in battery so you can sip your coffee in any room of the house without it getting cold. No battery is necessary. And when you're ready to recharge, just place it on the included charging coaster. The Ember app even notifies me when my preferred drinking temperature is reached, so I don't burn my mouth on my coffee anymore, and I don't have to go to the microwave once it gets cold. And if you're someone who maybe missed out on Mother's Day or you have a birthday coming up, Ember is an amazing gift. It comes in 10 ounces, 14 ounces, and a travel mug. And Ember just released a stunning new rose gold edition, which is one that I have, to add to their metallic collection. The new mug is so cute, and it's a perfect pop of color on my desk or for any work from home setup. First time Ember customers can use my code friend for 10% off a purchase of $129 or more now at Ember.com. Let's get back to the show. So something that I'm sure you've heard me talk a lot about on the show, something that I'm always really interested in is to talk to people about how their business now that is thriving has possibly had some reflection in their childhood. And I actually had no idea that your parents were in the industry.
0: Well, my mom was actually a doctor in
1: Argentina. Wow.
0: Uh, she's Yeah. So she was a a psychiatrist in Argentina. And then she lived during a time where there there was a dictatorship and there weren't a lot of creative options in terms of career. So after she finished medical school and her residency, she was like, I think I'm going to go to the U.S. And she went to NYU film school. She went to Tisch. Oh, yeah. met my dad and um, and then, you know, really grew a career in television. And she started as an intern at MTV and worked her way up and left, came back, whatever. Wow. but yeah, I mean, talk about, you know, she always, both of my parents really were always like, do what you love, go after what you love. The money will come, but just time is of the essence. Yeah. And if you don't love what you do, like, it's not worth it because like, we don't get time back. That is the most valuable thing we have in the world.
1: Am I right to assume that you were a probably very vivacious kid?
0: <laughs> Out of control, like dancing, dancing making them dancing on top of the coffee table, making them watch me. And my parents are pretty private and like, not like the performers they are very behind the camera, but I was not like, I was like only child syndrome in that sense, just like me, 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 but they kept, they definitely kept me grounded. That was the thing. They like, they would be like, no, like, you know, I literally remember my dad told me that he'd pick me up from after school when I was like maybe four or five years old. And like all the kids would be playing together and I'd be literally dancing in the mirror alone. (laughs) I think you, st- oh, yeah, you yeah. still do that today. I think that that's
1: still, still happening. That all, all the
0: time. Hey, that's how, that's why I'm so confident. I just, I, I'm best friends with that girl in the mirror. I'm best friends with myself. Do you talk to yourself in the mirror? All the time. I mean, that's really what SFK was. That's what Changing My mind to fucking was. It was me having this dialogue being like, you're straight to fucking care again. Like, you're going to crush that test. Go up to that boy. Take a shot. Like, live your life. Like, that was a constant lifting up. And I think it's like, we are touch and nurture and like lift up everyone else in our lives that we love. We don't have that conversation with ourselves. Why? Why? We are the most important person in our own lives, and we we just don't do it. And why? And then I, when I tell people to do it, they're like, "But that's so weird." But why is it weird? Yeah, it's weird. Like it should not be weird. You were the one consistent person in your life. You got to look at that person in the eye. I'm like, like I have mirrors everywhere. And I also think women, there's a specific pressure on us too. Yes. Like looking at the mirror with vanity, we have a huge ego. Like, you know, we're obsessed with ourselves. Like it's not, we're not really taught to actually become obsessed with ourselves. And because it's seen as us being cocky or full of ourselves when that's not it. It's the same thing that you told me in the beginning of this. You were like, you lift me up. You lift other people up around you. Why do I do that? Because I love myself. Yeah. And that's insecure people tear people down all the time. So it's so important to like really embrace that. And that's really what I do, you know, on social media. I'm just like, you are the main character, bitch.
1: Totally. But so for people listening that like might feel polarized by that idea of talking to yourself, what do you say to yourself? I know this is so weird, but like, what are some things that you say? I'm so glad I have my mirror with me. (laughs) Okay. So I literally look at myself
0: and just be like, hey, I love you. I've known you my whole life. You've been with me from first day you'll be with me to the last let's fucking go that's it it's what would you say to your best friend that guy goes did you okay no we're not spending a moment more talking about him because you deserve someone who's obsessed with you
1: yeah like if, just what
0: would you say to your best friend that is what you say to yourself we're so hard on ourselves we're so self-critical it's so it's so sad and but usually people when they're self-critical they think they, they're they thinking it right they're not actually saying mm-hmm. it so if I'm like, if you can get in front of your mirror and say those things to yourself, like you wouldn't like, because you really have to look at yourself. So that's what I tell people and say, look at the mirror and the person in the reflection is your best friend, not yourself is your best friend. That, that's a, that's a helpful kind of a switch that makes people kind of like calm down a little bit. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, why is it so polarizing for you to look at yourself? It's you. No one knows
1: you better than you. You are there for you. So that's really the question. It's like, why does that make you so feel so weird? It should. For someone with this amount of confidence, I wonder what are things that make you insecure?
0: Um, I think, I, I mean, I struggled a lot. That's why, like, I changed my mind to fucking because I was like, i was so sick of it. Like, I, you know, I struggled a lot with body image. I can't even imagine now, like, thinking about, you know, young girls having social media and being bombarded with images of beautiful, you know, women. You know, we're all beautiful. Beauty, beauty comes from within, but, like, Oh my goodness. Like I would be like, I thought I was insecure then I would have been, I would, it would have been over for me because like, it, I, I think that we lived in a time. We lived in a time. Well, I'm not trying to age us, but like when we were in middle school, high school, we didn't ignorance was bliss. Totally. Like if you felt bad about yourself. Maybe it's because like the girl from like the, the older grade, like looked hot one day, but it wasn't because, right. You know, you're seeing Addison Rae fly across your screen and you're like, how do you dance like that girl? Like, you know what I mean? So I, um, yeah. Body image was, is, was difficult. I think it always is. You I think when you get older, you you start to just accept yourself. I mean, I at least I did. I was like, "Yes, I'm not a supermodel, but that's okay because beauty really does come from within. That's what people remember about you. Did they make you laugh? Like, did they make you smile? Did they make you feel better? Did they support you? Did they lift you up? They don't think about like, "Oh, like she had, you know, a pimple on her face." They just don't they don't care. No one cares.
1: Yeah, I always think about all cuz I'm one of those people that like I'm an overthinker to the extreme. I am still debilitated by this where like I go home after I've done something and I'm analyzing every single word that I've said and something that's actually someone looked at me one day and was like, first off, that person's probably not thinking about that. No, they're not thinking. And if they're not not. and if they're not thinking about that, they're thinking about something else you said and not the thing that you're tripping out over. But also I'll
0: even I'll raise it up. They're not thinking about you at all. They're thinking about themselves. That's what all people are doing. They're always thinking about themselves. And that should be very liberating. And that was something that was difficult for me. And when we're talking about my insecurities, I think sometimes like I am polarizing by nature. The name is polarizing. Sometimes people don't get it. Right. Like if they see my social media, they're like, what is this girl? What is she? And that sometimes is like, well, it would make me feel like, well, no, like, let me. And I'm like, wait, no. The people that are worthy of being in my life, I don't have to explain. They'll figure it out because right. they take the time to get to know me. Um, but also when I let go of like, what are people thinking or what will people think or what? When I let that go, I finally started to just be myself And that's when I really like got a following and found my rhythm and my work and everything is when I really just stopped giving a fuck. Absolutely. No one cares. No one cares what I'm doing. Think about how many like Instagram stories we tap through. Can you like verbatim tell me like yesterday's lineup of all the stories? Like, no. No. But think about how many, how much time we put into our Instagram. And it's like, no one, they watch it. They tap like, comment, buy. That's it. Right. That should feel very free. I remember I went to... An event like three or four years ago. And it was a couple of female entrepreneurs. It was Cindy Ramirez who started Chill House. She's been on I, the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. I love her. And she said the reason she started Chill House was because her and her husband and Chill House is like a masseuse spa. It's fucking sick. Like I can't even describe it. It's one of a kind really. Yeah. But her and her husband were walking around and they were like, we either spend $600 on a massage or like $45 on massage. There was no middle ground. There was nothing that really was suiting for them. So they found a void and they wanted to fill it. And I remember taking out my notebook at this event and right now I'm like, well, what is the void that I'm trying to fill? And I was like, confidence. I'm like, that was something I don't feel like there was someone for me to look up to and be like, this is how you do it. And like, this is how like you can emulate it. That had nothing to do with how you look. Like, because there's, you know, I loved Hillary Duff. Like, I wanted to be just like her. Okay, but like, it was just someone that was like, "This is how you, this is how you walk the walk." I'm like, "You can do it, a hundred percent." This is like, I never had that person.
1: Right. And I was like,
0: I want to become that person, and and that's how it happened. But I also, I said, I will become that person. Like, I wrote on my Instagram profile, "I am the queen of confidence, and I'm gonna and, I, and there's what is there's what a is se- the
1: line I'm giving you a seat at my throne.
0: I saved you a, you a seat gift. at my
1: throne. I know I
0: it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> right." So I wrote that down. I remember maybe like I did that 2 years ago, 3 years ago and um probably right after that event and if you see some press articles about me, it'll be like the self-proclaimed queen of confidence, Serena Kerrigan. The self-proclaimed—she calls herself the queen of confidence. Now you look at articles about me. You look at any ways people introduce me. It's queen of confidence, Serena Kerrigan. Why? Because I literally fucking manifested that. Why? Because you are the writer of your life. You decide who you are. If you want to be anything, you literally say that you are, and then you obviously put in the work and believe it. But then people—they—they they might question you. It might be difficult. But as long as you're like, nope, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, then people will eventually follow because you really do decide the identity of your life Maybe who you are.
1: Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick break. If you guys are loyal listeners of the show, you know that a few episodes ago, we had an incredible entrepreneur on the show named Carly Stein. And she is the founder of Beekeepers Naturals, which is a company that is on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet with natural remedies from bees. My friends over at Beekeepers Naturals use a really special potent natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it is time to hear what all the buzz is about. I am basically a walking billboard for Beekeepers Naturals. I have a bee propolis throat spray in my purse, at my desk drawer, on my nightstand. It is truly something that I can't live without at this point. Every morning when I wake up, I do about four sprays. It's really sweet, so it's not something that's like jarring to wake up to. It's something that just really soothes your throat. And as someone that talks for a living, I definitely need that. But it's great for anybody that wants to support your immune system or soothe an uncomfortable throat. And for a limited time, Beekeepers Naturals is offering you guys a really amazing exclusive deal. They will ship you a free two-week supply of Bee Immune Propolis throat spray. You just pay $5 for shipping. To claim this deal, you must visit beekeepersnaturals.com backslash friend. And this deal is not available on their regular website. So be sure to go to dot com slash friend. And the deal is only available for a limited time. So start prioritizing your immune health today. And if you don't love it, they'll refund your $5. No questions asked. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over 2,000 stores like Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. And if you guys want to hear more, be sure to go to our podcast homepage and listen to our episode with Carly Stein. Let's get back to the show. I'd love to hear a little bit about, we'll obviously get into let's fucking date, guys. Don't worry. But I think the undertone of all of this truly is your confidence. And that's why I'm so curious about it. You're a confidence coach now, which is so interesting to me. How did you get to that spot?
0: It really was getting so many DMs every day and like writing them out. And then I was like, you know what? Like, no, like, first of all, this isn't a good way of communication because I need to like speak to this person, really hear about their issue. And two, like, I got to get paid for this. Like time is money. I am i can't, right? And so I really just like said, this is what I'm offering, which is a 30 minute conversation with people, with women for the most part, but obviously it's open. And kind of just like, you know, barely really marketed it, like put it on my website, like said I was offering it, like was like, here we go, let's see. This was, this was peak quarantine too, because we had so much time, so much Zoom on our hands. And also I remember like, I've met like 140 women. Wow. And it's been amazing. And like, I've, there's some women I meet, you know, once or twice, but there's some women that I meet over like a five week period. And that to me is like magic. And what do I tell them to do? What I told you to do, talk to yourself in the mirror. You write, you know, the narrative of who you are. And also you cannot speak badly about yourself fucking ever, ever. You're allowed to say, I feel shitty. I'm not having the best time. I'm feeling a little nauseous. I'm feeling, you know, a little glowy under this ring. Like that's fine. These feelings go away. But when you say "I am," that is who you are, and that is like really. It's so. It's kind of amazing how much words and dialogues contain so much power. Because I feel like growing up, it was like, what was that term? Like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Bullshit! Bullshit. Not true. Yeah. Not true. Like words actually do hurt like a lot. So. um it's really important. But yeah, no, it's so amazing. I kind of stopped doing it because I really wanted to make it more accessible. Yeah. And it was really helpful for me to hone in my craft. I didn't get a certificate. I'm not a life coach, not a therapist. I always ask them ahead of the session, like, do you have a therapist? A lot of them do, but a lot of the women that, you know, I've spoken to ranging 14 years old to 60. Okay. Want something really actionable, Mm. which sometimes you don't get in therapy. So that's fair. Right. And they also kind of want this unbiased best friend, Cheering them on and giving them a different outlook
1: for people listening who want to. Are you still doing this? Is this still like something that is available? If people listening right now might spark an interest,
0: if you want to reach out to me and you're like, I need an a session ASAP. We can we can discuss. Of course, please. My DMs are open. But I really, what I've been trying to do is create content that's really accessible, you know, for everyone because that's really what everyone deserves to have their own confidence coach.
1: To me, something that I have thought is so brilliant in the way that I watch you work is how you've really operated your life and what you're excited about as a startup. And I know that sounds lame. And like, we're all like, oh my God, why are we talking about startups and like using that word? But you weren't like, okay, it's COVID. I'm going to do an IGTV show. I'm going to really fucking do this. Like you brought on a team. You started working with products. Your marketing was unbelievable. So in my perspective, and I'm sure so many people's, you really hit the ground running with that. Love to talk about Let's Fucking Date and how your year has just completely catapulted you in a new direction. I'm sure a lot of people have had a year where their professional trajectories have dramatically changed. But I'd love to start at you leaving your job a month before the pandemic hit.
0: Yeah, and it was fashion week. And I was like, what up? And then it wasn't anymore.
1: And then it (laughs) it wasn't. And then everyone was like, I'm leaving Milan. This shit's over.
0: Literally. You know, I mean... I would, there was a lot of back and forth. Should I leave my job? I'm unhappy. Ultimately my mom gave me the greatest piece of advice, which was what's the worst thing that can happen. Like you're great at social media, you're great at branding, you can consult, you're a great producer. Like you you can get another job if it doesn't work out. And right, I'm so, and I really do use that phrase in every aspect. I'm like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? Usually it's not that scary. Right. And right. we operate usually in fear. So, so I quit and then, yeah. And then like I was alone in my apartment in New York City. Everyone laughed. And it was like everything that I, my book clubs and like all my like meet and greets and whatever the fuck I was doing dried up in a matter of seconds. Like everyone was just like, what? I noticed pretty quickly. I was like, okay, I had this really limited amount of time. This pandemic's going to end really fast. Like we're going to flatten the curve. Like it's going to be summer. Like this is a crazy. Mm what I thought. Right. But I didn't put so much pressure on myself. Like I didn't, I well, actually I definitely did, but I, I didn't, it wasn't like, I was like, okay, got to start a TV show now. But it was more like, I let myself try things I normally wouldn't have. I came from a mm. full blown production studio with hair and makeup and lighting and DPs, set design, whatever to literally me alone in an apartment with a ring light. Okay. So that really tested me because I was like, I found, I was thinking of all the reasons why I couldn't do it. Cause it wouldn't be perfect. It wouldn't mm. be like, and I know, you know, that feeling, well, a lot of, creators do. But then on the other hand, I was like, you quit your job, bitch. So you better start making stuff right now. It's not going to be good and you got to get over it. Oh yes. You know, I also was really grappling with the fact that I was single and a lot of my friends in New York city left the city with their significant other. That was like the thing they went to the Hamptons, Connecticut, LA, whatever have you like, but I remember it was like just me single alone in my apartment in the Lower East Side, jobless. Like there was something that all of a sudden I felt very much like I want a boyfriend which was off-brand because all about like you're the queen like you don't you need anybody yeah right and you don't but that's okay you can still like you can still want that comfort of especially course. During global pandemic.
1: of course I don't I've never thought that the two are mutually exclusive like I think you can still be so independent and do your thing but like also love having a partner and sharing sharing that with someone
0: and I know that you do that in your actual life that you're super independent with your relationship with your totally relationship.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my god yeah I think because I don't post my boyfriend a lot people are like oh you guys are super private and that's, that's not the case is. he's just like like I, I don't know maybe maybe I feel like social media for me has become commodified in a sense and I feel like when you commodify a relationship that's when sometimes or like when it, it overlaps in that sense it's like not yours anymore
0: Oh, honey, I get to, yes, I agree. That's, that's how I felt in my I'm dating
1: I'm literally talking to the person who like commodified her dating life. So I feel like I just said something really fucking offensive. <laughs>
0: not at all. No, really not at all. I think that's also, you know, and we'll get to it, but why I'm still single because I think that that was a big lesson I learned that, you know, putting your private life out, you know, and commodifying it in a way and having so many opinions, it can get a little sticky.
1: Yeah. So really, like,
0: I just started going live you know, and I asked someone to set me up on a date. Again, I just started. I didn't come up with the logo. I didn't start the Instagram. I didn't say this is going to be a TV show. Like, No, I just said I'll go live and it's going to be a blind date with someone. Okay. But then it happened again and again and again.
1: We'll be right back after a quick break. One of the most important things that I've learned as an entrepreneur is how to be organized which is why I love to take advantage of my Sundays. I wake up, I do my laundry, I clean my house, I go run all the errands I need to run. But most importantly, I meal prep for the week. Because if you're like me, 11 o'clock rolls around every week. I have no idea what I want to have for lunch. I spend like 30 minutes trying to figure out what that is. I'm so stressed out that I usually order something bad and then I'm slowed down for the rest of the week, which is why my life hack is Sakara. It's a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what we eat. They have organic, ready-to-eat meals that are made with powerful, plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Their menu has creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfasts, lunch, and dinners that change weekly so you will never get bored. If I'm looking at next week's schedule, I know that I'm gonna have an incredible coconut praline crunch for breakfast, maybe a sakara burger for lunch, a lentil pasta bolognese for dinner. The options are endless and they are so good. So not only do I know that I'm eating healthy, but I'm also gonna eat something that I actually enjoy and is building the foundation for a really great week. Along with their delicious plant-rich meals, you can also get their daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. You can experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic raw cacao, It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. It's truly a really good boost for any work week. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash friend or enter code friend at checkout. That's sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash friend to get 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash friend. I want to know what were you saying to these guys to get them to agree? To go on a blind date on Instagram Live with you.
0: Liv, first of all, I didn't speak to any of these guys because it was always blind. So I had a producer okay. that I hired pretty, pretty quickly out. But I didn't, there wasn't no convincing needed. It was quarantine. They were down. Was, what else were? That was the thing. A lot of people were down to take risks, like because right. they were like, "What else am I going to do?" It was also I picked Friday nights. That was the night for season one, at least, because it was like nothing was happening on a Friday. Right. So that's what really made it so fun. It was kind of like a party. Like people would get drunk. they put on their TVs with their parents, like on the Apple TV. Like, so I think people were just game because they were like, what can I lose? Either I start talking to a hot girl, that's the shit, or like I get some clout or neither, but right. like, you know, and really honestly, we've never, I did a year of this show. I dated over 50 men. And we never really had an issue with casting ever. Like wow. maybe someone would drop out randomly once, but people are done. I love that. I mean, I was tough. I was a tough cookie with them because I also felt like in the beginning, it was very much like, okay, I'm dating. And it just happens to have people watching. Right. But then it became a show, you know, like season two, I had sponsors. I had Bumble sponsored an entire month of the show. I came out with a card game based off the show. I had a full blown team, really great graphics. As you mentioned, like the marketing was fucking on point. But on point. Because I... I wanted to prove that you could have a real television show on Instagram. Why not? I mean, we're always on Instagram. Why does it need to be on Netflix or Hulu for you? What 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 does a real television show mean? That's what mm-hmm. I really wanted to investigate. I really went in with each season with an intention, and that for season two, the, <laughs> the intention for that in season one was okay. I'm I'm, I'm bored, bored and horny. and horny. Yeah, the season two was. I'm, I'm going to create a real television show. I'm going to show everyone I can do it. And then season three was completely redoing the format and then letting the audience pick a winner because I never picked one. I always picked right. myself as a winner.
1: I love the consistent branding there. And I also am the biggest believer in like, cool, you can have a great idea. You can be an amazing entrepreneur. You can be the best personality in the world. Timing is everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And by the way, like I never in a million years thought I would like have this dating empire now right. or like I a dating show. Like I was always confidence, confidence, confidence. I right. wasn't in the day, but now that I think back on it, like I've always been boy obsessed. Like I've watched every reality Bachelor. Show. Everyone right. told me to go on the bachelor. Like that's what, that was really like, our refinery would come back to my computer and there'd be post-it notes being like, when are you applying? Like literally because people like thought I would be great at it. And I would have, but my mom was always like, no, you need to have control over you know who you are yeah. on. The, you don't have any control on that show, and that was the thing about Let's Fucking Date. It was like it was live. Like what you're seeing is real, and I think that's what people really appreciate. Also, we had a comment section, so in real time, people were so engaged with what was happening. They were controlling it. They'd be like, "Show us his tattoo." Like, "Let's see his room." Can we meet his mom? Like, I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Like, right. you know, so you're on the date with us. Like, right. that's great. It never happens. No, the fact that my mother watched every single date this year that I've been on. It's just too much for me
1: to handle. <laughs> Has your mom been like, because my mom is, my mom's the best, but I remember so, fa- like, some fond memories memories from my childhood where my mom being like, oh, like, you should wear this or, like, make sure you do this or, like, cute little moments like that where she tried to, like, help guide me. I want to know what your mom said. Was she like, Serena, you shouldn't have said that.
0: My mom's just like, you need to be way more gentle. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I was like, Nope. She was like, you're so scary. I'm like, I don't care. Like the right guy won't be scared. Totally,
1: totally, totally. You brought up the marketing before. I would love to talk about that because obviously a lot of people that listen to the show are young, want to be entrepreneurs, want to start their own thing. Season one, obviously an experiment. Going into it saying, fuck it, let's just have fun. Season two is when you brought in Bumble and the card game launched. Would love to hear a little bit about like what that time was like in between season one and two. Like what you were reflecting on from season one, where you were like, "There's a niche for this. There's a void that we can fill with the card game. Like this is what the marketing should look like, etc." So, yeah, what were some of those like initial reflections that helped you build out this like really brilliant marketing campaign?
0: Thank you. Um. Well, first of all, people didn't want me to end the show for season one. They literally, it started in March, and they want I, it went until. June. They right. wanted me to continue. And I was like, I was exhausted. It is a very difficult show to, for me to be in and produce. I'm the host, dater, producer, reading the text from, you know, my, my other producer, reading the comments. See, like, it's just, a, it's a lot. Yeah. And then you have to be like, gentle. <laughs> it's like, no. Absolutely it's like, and, I'm drinking, and I'm drinking. Like, and I get, I, I got pretty drunk, you know? So it's like, it was a lot. So I got really kind of exhausted and I was like, no, like, let's end this and like regroup. And then, Bumble actually had a us to out in season 1 they sponsored one episode they wanted to sponsor more. Awesome. And I said no because I was like I'll do one I, I just couldn't do it I, and and then I was just really like thinking you know really proving oh because i know why because people were saying to me are you going to sell the concept to a facebook or to a netflix or like we you know and that's that bothered me mm-hmm. and that's when i was like okay no i want to prove that it's a real show but in order to do that i need people in order to do that i need money right and so I said, we're going to go out to button bulb we're also going to go out to other sponsors and literally get the entire season sponsored now no one had done that before no one was doing IG lives and like, no one was really like selling an IG live as like a sponsored show. Like that was like, you know, so, but I work with people that are down to do things that people haven't done before. Like that's why I love my team. We really just like, again, I'm sorry. It all goes back to confidence. Like I literally, like I wasn't in those meetings and which is a good thing, but I told the people that were, that represent me to be like, if you're not a part of this, it's a huge fucking mistake because right. it's a woman taking control of her career, her love life. And it's like a, a cultural moment in this time. It's not going to be forever. And like, you just like, this is, you know, some, I mean, Bumble, I mean, it, that it was Bumble perfect, it's like
1: right? I call Yeah, that's like a shoe-in in my mind.
0: Shoe-in yeah. because it was like female empowerment, virtuality and great. But we really worked with other amazing sponsors too, Bev, which is like a female own wine company, which I loved working with them, Hint, like Mom Champagne. I mean, we worked with a lot, but they were down because they saw it. it wasn't about the followers, by the way, guys, it wasn't about, you know, like it was about the engaged community. And it was also about storytelling. We were telling a story in the moment, like you said the time, it was amazing. And I really think it always goes back to story. Whatever I pitched to sponsors for SFK or LFD, it's I I pitched them a concept, like a little mini movie, a short film. Like
1: you probably look back on this being like, oh, my God, it was exhausting. Like that refinery job served you so well because you, that is second nature to you. And it's apparent.
0: You know, it's so funny. I was given a $0 budget for a year to produce a video week at refinery. I remember they were like, literally you could pay for lunch. That's it. And I was like, okay. And I was so mad because I couldn't do it. I mean, you really, it's very, very difficult to do things with a $0 budget. It is. It's hard. (laughs) Like, literally, right? Yeah. Um, oh, But, like, you get, you, you know, but you become really scrappy, and, like, you just figure it out. There's right. really no other option. You have to find a solution. That's what production is. It's finding a solution. Yep. That's all. There's, oh, it's always problem solving.
1: Okay, so you've done three seasons. You absolutely fucking crushed it. I'm sure people are in your DMs being like, what's next? Yeah, and telling you, no more virtual dating for me. That's for sure. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> a bomb was dropped this morning ahead of this episode. And I thanked, I kissed the ground. I kissed the ground when that happens. A bomb being dropped ahead of my show and the guest also being on my show during the day of the bomb dropping. You posted some photos that were meant for close friends today. (laughs) (laughs) She did it on purpose. She wanted the mic. She wanted to talk about it. Okay. Honestly, yeah, yeah, you want to tee it up? Because you're... I want to tee it up. Okay, so end of season three, the winner of the show. There were some photos, IRL, together, disposables, which means it was fucking cute shit happening. So cute. So cute. Um, (laughs) That went up on Instagram. And it's one cute post, first of all. And then this is the second post of Serena with her hand covering her mouth saying, oh my God, that was for close friends. But then, being the queen of confidence, she was like, while we're here, here are the rest. (laughs) I'm sure that this was the first time that all of your viewers saw you guys like together, IRL. So let's like unpack that for us really quickly.
0: So, I mean, the, no, they, when we were in LA, we, a couple weeks ago, we literally like met up in LA and then broke up two days later. Pause really quickly.
1: Uh, Can you tell us like about the, just for people who maybe didn't tune into season three, like tell us about the winner of the show. Tell us what went down.
0: Let's fucking made season three. I had my audience pick a winner. They picked a guy that was really lovely, beautiful to look at. He was Australian. Um, he ended up surprising me in New York for the finale episode, which was a big, like, oh my God, live, you should watch it. It's amazing. My reaction's genius. And then I, we kept talking and we really like had a really great go, you know, but he was 22 and I'm 27. He's in college. I'm, you just listen to what I'm doing, you know? And I just think that like our, our life points weren't aligned. That is the kindest way I'm going to talk about the end of it That's because like there was more there, but like, but like ultimately I think let's just, we'll leave it there. But yeah, I mean, like we were rad cute. Like obviously like we took a lot of photos together and then like, I got these disposables developed and you're like, what the fuck do I do with these? And I just like, I put some stuff on my close friends from time to time and you know, nearly a hundred thousand people saw it. And I was like, did he hit you up?
1: Were people freaking out?
0: People are freaking out. I think that it was shared. Like like, you know, when you can see the, how many people shared stuff, yeah. like it was shared at least 500 times. Like people were bugging out wow, wow, wow. and people were like, well, why wouldn't you just delete it? And I was like, why would I like, it's a beautiful picture. And like, it's not going to go on my feed. So we might as well just see it on my story
1: and reminisce and have fun.
0: He hasn't reached out. I unfollowed him off of everything. I'm, I'm very much that I'm a big advocate for that. Like if you break up with someone like out you of your orbit, out of, out of sight, out of mind, yep. you have to. He still follows me. I'm sure he saw it. I really like no hard feelings, just have no interest in talking to him again, but like really cute
1: photos. (laughs) So let's talk about that though, because like we were talking about The Bachelor before, like in a different sense, so like this is your baby, this is your concept. And the original question before I talked about the bomb dropping was like where you're at with it now, three seasons in, you've told me that you're not doing another season. But if you do in the future, continue to do things like this, what's your mindset like? Are you going into it for love, or is it this is your business now?
0: I'm absolutely. I will say this loud and clear, and so you can come at me if I change my mind. But I'm not going to be virtually dating anymore. I don't need to do it. I did it for a year. I did it beautifully. I believe momentum, continuing momentum, is you do something really well, you get off before it goes downhill. Oh, like you're on a roller. A
1: hundred percent. You don't keep running until you run into the ground.
0: Exactly. And yeah. Third time's a charm. Love the number three. Same. We did it, picked it. We got a winner. We broke up. Who gives a fuck? It was done. Right. But what we did was we launched product. We launched a card game. What I realized was, and I had this vision for it, maybe at the end of season one, that I was like, oh wow, we can really be a guide for dating post pandemic for millennial Gen Z. Like we will be your best friend on the date with you, whether it's through the card game, whether it's you know you're just looking through a TikTok or an Instagram. I want to be a media company surrounding dating. Like that's yeah. what Let's Fucking Date is. So I'm way more excited about that than me going on another virtual date, right. you know? And I also, eventually we've been talking about getting into matchmaking. That could be an option, but also it's the summer fucks. Like people are getting out. They don't want to be virtually anything. Like I wish I could have been with you, IRL, like, but it's fine. I love seeing your beautiful face nonetheless, but like people don't want to be live on Instagram. Like they want to be out. They totally. want to, you know, I fuck someone on the subway. Like, it's just not like it's about spontaneity and living and touching fucking. Right. You know?
1: Yes. Girl, do you know how many people sent me the New York Post article saying Serena Kerrigan says it's the summer of fucks.
0: Let's fucking date.
1: How's dating life now? You know, I'm excited because I
0: really did feel like I could not have dating life be my job and also like dating life. Like I couldn't have both. So I, I, I am now that like I'm not a professional dater maybe an expert, maybe, you know, your bad bitch, best friend, that'll give you some advice, even though she has no idea what she's doing with her life. I love that. I like that where I am right now with that because it's exciting. And also, by the way, I've had a lot of practice. Yeah. And if there's any piece of advice I can give to women or men or anyone who's dating right now, you have to go on a lot of dates. Yeah. But you have to go on a lot of dates. You do. It's just the game of the game sucks, but you got to do it. And honestly, there's really no bad outcome because either you get a free drink, free meal, or, you know, get an Instagram or you learn something about yourself or right. you get fucked. Like, there's really just not, there's really, right. it's a win. win It's the human experience. Yeah, exactly. Part of it all. As long as you're safe and use a condom. And Every time. Get
1: Every time. Every time. And turn your location on for your friends. Oh and,
0: and go to a public place. But we can go on and on.
1: <laughs> we could go on and on, but just follow Serena on Instagram. There you go. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Okay. Couple lightning round questions, fun oh. dating questions that, like, honestly, I can't wait to hear from you.
0: Tell us the story of your worst date. Great. Great question. Um, it was recent. I went on a date with this guy. It was my worst date, but it was pretty bad. I've been on a lot of bad ones. This was pretty bad. He really didn't ask me any questions about myself I like hate at, any, that. at any point. And it was like, I knew everything. I know where he vacations, his sister, where she went to college and you know, all that. Like, and then, you know, towards the end of the meal, I think he realized not that I put a. I I, I went with the flow. I was like, whatever, I'm getting a, a nice drink out of it. But then, you know, he obviously made a face and he was like, Oh, have I been speaking a lot? And I was like, like, you know, like, I'm like a little, like, you can ask me something. Right. And he's just like, he looked around and he goes, How do you like the place? Like, referring to the fucking restaurant. I literally was like, You know what? I'm My jaw's open. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And when I come back, I hope you have a better question than that. And I came back and he had gotten the bill. I'm like, and I left. And then he hit, he keeps hitting me up to go on more dates. The next date he asked me to go on, he goes, I have a really good idea for our next date. Also, how's your day going? And I go, Shocked you asked me a question. I literally texted him. That. <gasps> And then he goes, "Ha ha ha, of course." And I'm like, "Whatever." And then he's
1: like, "The idea for the next date is a drive-in movie." No. So we won't be Do talking not. again. Do not. I when, when people are like, "Oh, he took me to the movies." I'm like, "Dump his ass." You're going on a date. Like if I want to go see a movie, I'll go by myself. Like I 100%. Like you go to the movies with someone you don't want to talk to or get to know. So like cut, no, goodbye. Right? What is an automatic no for you? Trump. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Like you bring up anything in that world, I'm like I'm out.
0: It's out. It's not even a question. I'm. It needs to happen. I rapidly like first date. I gotta know. Even maybe like before, like before I get. I don't want to get to a restaurant to know that you are Trumpy. Like no, No. sorry.
1: I think you can like. Yeah, you're right. Oh my god, what a fucking dramatic fiasco! Imagine sitting at a restaurant and someone says that. I'm like. (gasps) Yeah. Hell no. Get up and leave.
0: You get up and leave.
1: You get up and leave. (laughs) Okay, this is my last kind of quickfire question for you. A couple years ago, I wrote a chapter in a book that my friend wrote. Her name is Scarlett Curtis. And the book was called Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies. And the whole point of the book was to write about your experience with feminism. So what I did is I wrote 10 ways to support the women in your life. And it was brought to my attention the other day. And I thought of you because as the confidence queen, I feel like you probably have a number to contribute to that. So what is the best way that you've been able to support? Obviously, and besides boosting each other up, what is one thing that you feel is so imperative to the way that you support women in your life that other women should do too? Oh my God, this is going to be such a cliche answer, but like- It's fine. I had like, one of them in there was like, always have a tampon, share it with your friends. Oh, that's so funny. Hell yeah.
0: Mine's very cliche, but really, I'm going to say this, but you actually have to really nail and love yourself because then you can support the other women in your life and you won't even notice that you're doing it. But like, if, you know, you aren't happy with who you are and your friend gets a promotion, you might like just say a comment or like something nasty because her, you know, killing it might make you feel a certain way about yourself. Right. And it's, and that's when people always ask me to say, what is the one quality you look for when you make a friend? I go confidence. That's yeah. it all my friends from college, the most confident, right? They're crazy. They're this they're that they're all over the place, whatever. There's all, we all have flaws, but they do love themselves and then they lift everyone
1: else up. So that's my answer.
0: But a body is good. That is very supportive. A condom too.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for being on for all the advice. Like, and it was just so awesome to like hear your journey differently instead of just as a friend, like it's always the most awesome episodes for me when I really get to know my friends and like, they're like what goes on behind the scenes in their life. So thank you so much for coming on
0: thank you for having me. Also, you're really fucking good at what you do. I'm not just saying that you're so, your questions are so thoughtful. You're so inquisitive and, and just, we had a really good energy banter at ping pong back and forth. We're, we were like on a we're date. date. We were on a date.
1: <laughs> Get yourself a backwards baseball hat girl. Cause we're going on a date. There is so much chemistry. It hurts. It hurts. I love hurts. you so much. Love you too.